0: Ladies and gentlemen, it's my great pleasure to invite Professor Dr. Daniel van Lul, and let me give you his full title because this is really complicated stuff. He's the Executive Dean of the College of Business and Economics at the University of Johannesburg. Now, to give you guys a sense of how big this job is, there's about 30,000 students just in this college. And there's about 5,400 people that get their degrees every year from this college. So today we're going to sit at Professor van Lull's feet and learn from him. Now, one thing he's very passionate about, and the whole university is passionate about, is this fourth industrial revolution. So, Daniel, tell us a bit about this. How is that affecting your college and the teaching? And what advice can you give the listeners on the fourth industrial revolution? Well,
1: Yusuf, first of all, thank you very much for inviting me to, to this chat. Um, uh, but now, you know, given that we are dealing with listeners, um, I'd just like to go back to the picture that you just painted. So, dear listeners, both of us are sitting on, on chairs, uh, so I don't know where this feet part kicks in. He's mentioned huge numbers, but eventually, as far as I'm concerned, it's actually impact that counts at the end of the day. Uh, so, uh, with that said, it's great to be here. Uh, uh, so you'd like me to tell you something about what we do here?
0: Yes, that would be nice. But okay. link it to the fourth industrial revolution, because we at Standard Bank, that's our big thing, is we going digital, the country is changing, the world is changing, and our biggest problem are skills. Okay. And how do we get skills for this new revolution, for this new world? Good. Okay, well, thank you. I uh, see that you are posting questions faster than I could have
1: answered. So let's go, just go back to the first question. Um, I think you can, uh, UJ is, is a, a relatively young university, about 15, 16 years old, and we have made remarkable progress over the last decade, especially as we move it into the continental and in the international space. And around uh, right about five years ago, the university said, well, if we, let's consolidate our strengths. And this is how the College of Business and Economics uh, came to the fore. And it's actually uh, the result of joining the former faculty of management and the former faculty of economic and financial sciences. So we are now focusing our collective effort in the future. And it makes perfect sense if you think in the past these were two very competitive faculties competing with each other. However, in the bigger picture, we have now evolved from being two oil tankers towards a fleet of very agile ships. And what bounds us is the coordinates that we are going to. So, what are these coordinates, or our yeah. common direction? So, it is our purpose is absolutely to uh, develop critical thinkers, problem solvers who serve economics and business and society at large. And we tackle serious challenges, and uh, we try our very best to to integrate the continental and the local realities. And uh, what happens in business pretty much happens here as well. And um, so my key job is, my, my job description would be, is I read out names for a living at graduations. In March, we have 19 graduations coming up uh, just for the college. And every time that I read out a name, I ask myself, is that truly a great graduate? Uh, and a great graduate is somebody who would probably be able to take their basic skill set and reinvent themselves in the first five years of their career. And that kind of level of agility, of, of, of emotional and mental and hands-on agility, is something which I think the new world in which we found ourselves, uh, where technology is an enabler, is of tremendous value. And this is the common theme that runs through whatever we do, whatever we teach, uh, whatever... Search we have for the truth, research regarding the search for truth. And in all our work with, with industry and, and, and the, well, actually both the public and the private sector. Was that long enough for an for a answer?
0: I think that was even a bit short for you, Daniel. <laughs> no, that's, that was great. I think the problem we as industry struggle with is the technology moves so fast that we don't hire for technology anymore because that stuff you can learn on the job. But what we're looking for are, in a way, critical thinking. and But there's something different, and I don't know what to put my hands an enthusiasm, a spunk. And mm. to create that is hard. And how does universities play into that? How do you create those skills of the future, all that? I like it almost to think of people of the future. It's not so much the skills anymore. Well... I think, I think there was
1: um, the point... Yeah, I, t- I take your point that whatever is repetitive uh, can probably be done by a machine, and I think it about a, a 5% of, of the cost. Um, so there's no doubt about it. And, I mean, just broadly, the accounting profession, this is one of the uh, serious issues that are kind of being debated and explored. And Cycle, for example, is doing fantastic work now, together with us, on kind of redefining the profession... And uh, taking it, an, and, and that actually happens across across the disciplines that we serve. So I think, um, yeah, I think let's go to thinking. Uh, people always refer to critical thinking, and when you uh, read the uh, World Bank reports, World Economic Forum reports, uh, you always see the same kind of ten. You know, these are the top ten skills of the future in the changing world of work. But when you actually start to ask now, what the hell does it mean? It's kind of difficult to make sense of it because it's fine to list ten things, but how do you make it work? That's kind of what, what we argue kind of now. So broadly for us, it's, it's your ability to think. Um, and, and in my view, there are three levels or stages of thinking. And the first one is creative thinking. And uh, not, not everybody is, is equally creative. I mean, just compare you and me, for example. And... Uh, <laughs> And, uh, and I haven't mentioned any names or categories here uh, it's, 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 but you can a way makes people more aware of seeing things in a different way for example if you teach strategy uh, based on impressionists uh, contemporary art, white space then you evoke and stimulate different parts of, of people's mindsets, of the lividness of, of what they do every day so that is for me, is creative thinking. You come up with new ideas. And don't just rush into the first thing that you can think of. I mean, this is rational decision-making theory with a, with a layer of beautiful paint and a Van Gogh background, for that matter. The next thing is critical thinking. Now, critical thinking is where you say, okay, now, if this is the grand idea... What kind of facts do I have to bring into this so that I don't get stuck in, into a hit of fluffy thinking? You know, it needs to make sense. And to, to make a timeless decision, a timeless result, and obviously an ethical result. And then the final phase is what I call applied thinking. I mean, getting the job done. And if you haven't worked your way through those three phases almost as, as an unconscious competence, I don't think you'll be able to, do, to survive in the, in, in the world to come. So that's the kind of broadly, you know, the kind of gardening principles that, that, that I think that that we are... Well, actually, we started to apply, it, but I think we can still hugely improve. But thankfully, we work with great people who are far better than us in, in
0: striving for that grand goal. So before we get to gardening, you guys did really well in the world rankings for universities. And I was thinking... That stuff doesn't happen overnight, and you've been here a very long time. What were the management lessons or things we as an industry can learn from you how to get your ratings up, how to – because we are measured by financial success. You are measured by a different set of metrics. What leadership skills or management things did you do to actually get to that point? It's interesting
1: in in, in the way in which you phrase your questions that you refer to industry and to – us being the university, a university, uh, doing things differently and being measured on a different scale of metrics. So, my view on this is if you haven't got money in your piggy bank, you will not be able to run an organization. True. So, what we do we have a public mandate, that's mm. for sure. Yeah. And about a third of our revenue is based on taxpayers' money. Sure. Uh, yeah, because okay. it, it, the business model has shifted tremendously. And a faculty like or a college like ours is run like a division. Mm. And it accounts for about 40% of UJ's core business. Sure. So you can imagine, uh, I know exactly what the bottom line is and what the overheads are and what the payroll looks like and whether the payroll is productive and all kinds of metrics. But the key thing is not to get stuck in that, but to always ask yourself, what, how do you serve the people and best? Yeah. How do I serve you best? And how would you, would you be able to send the people that you love to this university and put them in our care? Is your investment in terms of love and in terms of money going to return a dividend? Um, that's what we are concerned about. Now, given this background, let's get back to this rankings story. Um, a ranking, um, I think the listeners might find it interesting. Uh, we all know that people play in different leagues, and uh, the Olympics tells us, and we all know about leagues in sport, you get the same kind of thing in higher education as well. Uh, and it's worldwide. So there are various ranking agencies, and what they do is they look at different things, and they measure it, and when the results come out on an annual basis, it gives you a sense of where do you, how do you perform relative to your peers. And the whole issue is not to chase a ranking because then you'll end up bankrupt and doing something for the sake of doing something. But rather see how do you compare to others and where are your strengths and do you sufficiently capitalize on those strengths and are you actually working and struggling with your weaknesses? That's kind of what it's about. So um, about five years ago, we said, okay, well, this is interesting. We have done a lot of investment uh, money-wise and and talent-wise – uh, into being, uh, growing into a great university, but how are we actually doing? I mean, this is as straightforward as monitoring, evaluation, balanced scorecard in in strategy. So uh, we put our names, our, our hands up, said hello, we are here. Uh, please rate us, and we were very surprised. And slowly but surely, the university has started to come to the fore, and UJ is now in the Times Higher Education system, for example, ranked under the top 100. Now, what about is the that college… Is worldwide or Africa? Worldwide.
0: Oh, okay. That's very good. Uh, yes.
1: So, in in this, we kind of feature in the big five in the country and in the continent. Uh, but what about the College of Business and Economics? Because this is now obviously the garden that I'm responsible for, um, and I'm pretty much interested in how we are comparing uh, to our peers. So we are about, in in business and management studies, about third in the continent, third, fourth position. Um, In terms of accounting and finance, same. Uh, In terms of um, uh, marketing management, we're currently number one in the continent. Uh, In terms of tourism and hospitality, we're number one in the continent and 20th in the world. Uh, That's kind of pretty much a significant one. So it sounds fantastic, but let's be realistic about it. When you play in the global picture, it's almost like having put your toe into the arena. And now if you go from toe into the arena towards ankle in the arena, you have to triple your operating capital in order to be competitive. And I mean, there are multiple priorities, like in any industry. So how are we getting there? Um, How do you actually activate the, the creative thinking the, the agility of, of your colleagues how do you evoke talent towards that purpose so you see these are not management lessons, these are actually straightforward leadership lessons and I think it's interesting when I, when I listen to interviews over, over, and business reviews and read and whatever I see there's a common thread running through this and it's really about recognizing people's strengths. It's, again, gardening. I'm not a hunter. I'm a gardener by my very nature. And uh, there are many natural or many ecological kind of lessons that we can take. The key thing is, are you willing to learn and to admit that you don't know everything? In fact, the, the more you get to know, the, the more you realize, oh, my goodness me. <laughs> still a long way to go. I have probably over the last two years, uh, got rid of about at least 40% of what I knew because I thought it was redundant and had to reskill in a number of areas. And thankfully, I work with people who are very clever and know far more, more than I do. So I reach out and ask. So that's probably, you know, eat humble pie, swallow your pride, and get the job done. That stuff, that stuff. It is, and you kind of need to know who you are, Mm. otherwise you end up being nothing more than a glorified Christmas cake, you know, lots of marzipan around and
0: nothing inside. But then the cracks quickly show. Daniel, one of the other things you've referred to throughout this talk is gardening. And before we start recording, you said that's your great passion and your hobby. And in between, you've brought lessons out of gardening that applies to to leadership what are those type of things that gardening taught you about leadership
1: okay well okay well first of all i think let's go to the purpose here Uh, that's if if i don't get into my garden I, i will not stay sane it's it's my way of you know clearing my head I'm a bit slow by my nature, and and by nature, and so I need to kind of work to enable the octopus here in in this frontal parts to process the files and to get the filing done and so on. Uh, and 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 I love growing things. It's it's for me the best thing ever. Is is I I, I respect old trees. And mm-hmm. uh, any plant that has been around longer than I've been is for me. Uh, well, actually any form of life, uh, I respect life. So I think the first thing that that my garden has taught me, and I'll try to relate this then to leadership, is uh, whatever you do, whatever you plant, you have to prepare prepare the soil first. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're bound to fail. Um, And the same thing with an organization. Uh, Don't get these wonderful seedlings or seeds and plant them in unprepared soil. It's Fine But after a week or two They will wilt and they will die So think things through To the point of Creative thinking, critical thinking Applied thinking That for me is preparing the soil And if you haven't done it You're going to end up with a hell of a loss Uh, The second thing is now Where do you get the stuff from With which you will kind of now improve the soil Which is Compost and so I never throw anything away. I don't th- throw leaves away uh, or twigs. Um, I actually walk around with my cutters, and I cut everything fine, and I prepare the soil. So I have a huge mulch. Actually, the frogs have returned. I've got all kinds of interesting insects that have returned, uh, having followed that kind of technique. Now, what does it re- how does it relate to an organization? We all make mistakes, I think there's a very contingent word called "We all screw up." Mm. but I can't see what that has got to do with the set. so uh, I, I would like to figure that one out. Um, but you never throw your mistakes away. You process them. Mm. you make them part of your unconscious competence. You learn from them and you move on. Mm. I mean, none of us are born with a driver's license. You work through those Peter Zenger's phases of learning. Uh, the third one is that every plant grows in a very, very specific environment. Mm-hmm. And if you plant, you need to kind of read the microclimate. Mm-hmm. Uh, a fern grows. Ferns, uh, uh, cycads grow in different zones. Mm-hmm. Uh, a jasmine grow on a specific kind of wall. Uh, Visteria, a blue-purple, what do you call the purple rain, mm-hmm. grows in different kind of areas. So read the plants, and you have to experiment. And then when you hit that right microclimate, the plant just flourishes, and, you know, the DNA explodes. That's my favorite word, flourishing. It is. Um, and the, so I think with people as, as, as well, um, it's it's kind of interesting to to spot people and to say, okay, well, wait a minute, I think this might be your spot. And then you, when that talent explodes, it's very rewarding. And the final one is, I, uh, the, the, the next one is that I share my garden with, with three, well, large dogs, and I, whenever you're a gardener, uh, just watch where the dogs are running. Yes. And then you design around this because there are natural patterns. Yes, that you I made that recognize.
0: mistake and lost a part of my garden. <laughs> well, rather the garden than the dogs, mind yeah. you. Uh,
1: so it's, for me, it's pretty much human behavior in organizations, human behavior in the fourth industrial revolution. What do people fear? What are they good at? And how do you design around that? And the final one is, is if you can't garden from your couch, you have to get o- off your so-and-so and get into your garden and take your spade and your fork and your clippers and get the job done. And I have a belief that if your sweat runs into your garden, mm-hmm. it's, it's like magic that makes things grow. So you don't manage from your high and mighty seat. Yeah. You, you do the passage thing. And I get more done... By interacting with colleagues and visiting departments, than I could in any formal uh, arrangement. It's 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 sometimes it's 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 so always when whatever you do, what is the big picture, and how do you go back and see what what, what can be done, and what are the three most important things f- for a
0: particular day? Otherwise, you'll go totally insane. And also, gardens in a way, not everything is always just going swimmingly. Then there's um, efforts and then there's sicknesses and all different things and you must also prepare for that and yeah. learn on how to handle all those things. That's fine. And you can handle them if you know about them. Yes. So be present. Exactly. Exactly. So and I think that's pretty
1: much when you when you think about about I think half of what was published last year in the Harvard Business Review. And there's a new lovely edition on innovation mm-hmm. and the uh, what actually makes it work and what doesn't make it work. It's kind of worthwhile reading.
0: Mm. There's a couple of gardening
1: lessons there yes. as well.
0: Cool. Daniel, the other thing we sometimes ask people is, what is your spiritual animal? So, because it just gives you a sense of who you are. So, what would your spiritual animal be? What animal do you relate to? I'd say a lion.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I... Um, I I'm kind of protective of my territory Yeah um, um, I won't say that, that I'm by my nature I'm not an aggressive person But I I, I've, I I, like to mark my territory And I'd like to take care of it yeah. yeah Mind you there's a couple of nice lion stories That I'm thinking of And I think I'll go for the lion one
0: Okay. <laughs> From my side Daniel Thank you very much And I must say, of everybody we dealt with in other companies or other universities, I want to give you your college credit because when you reach out, everybody says, yes, yes, let's work together, let's do something. You guys are some of, of the few and far between that actually follows through. And the work we've done with you guys this year is probably some of the best work in the country that shows collaboration, etc. So from a Standard Bank point to your college and the University of Johannesburg, thank you. You guys know how to follow through, and you have a real interest in actually working with the industry. Thank you for that. Yosa. thank you very much. I think this is a huge compliment. Um, and the fact remains
1: that you can't get the big things done in life on your own. Yes, and to take hands, and, and uh, it's it's nice to walk side by side. Yes. And um, we love working with you guys, and I think it's always fun as well. Yes. And for what more can one ask? Yes. So it's a great opportunity. Thanks for that, and, and, and especially thanking – we'd like to say thank you for supporting yes. our students.
0: So the other thing that Daniel is very good at, he can do this Gollum voice. So do you want to say a final goodbye <laughs> in your Gollum voice? Okay, this is now. Is this? Would that be the Lord of the
1: Rings version or the Board of the Rings version?
0: You can choose the one. You... <laughs> My precious. <laughs> oh, that was brilliant! Thanks, Daniel. <laughs> Take okay.